Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you. Uh, it's good to have you guys with us. Uh, you guys having a good day so far? All right, you guys are here. I love that. Yeah, we can clap for Mother's Day. Let's clap for Mother's Day. I mean, honestly. Uh, it's, uh, we know that today, like, a day like today uh, is, is filled with lots of challenges, right? And uh, we know and we celebrate with those uh, who are celebrating moms and celebrating babies. Uh, we also uh, grieve with those who are, are mourning uh, losses of far- parents or uh, struggles in, in our raising kids and, uh, and having a family. Uh, we acknowledge all of that. And God is good enough uh, to minister in all those situations. Amen, church? Amen. And uh, we're glad you guys are here. Thank you for choosing to be here at Evident on this day. Uh, we want to welcome those who are joining us online as well. Um, life can be tough, can it? Life can be tough. Uh, what I want to do is I want to share today, I want to share a message of encouragement. Uh, I want to share a message that I hope will encourage you um, and challenge you in some ways. Um, I really believe that God has so much more for you. Uh, I believe that God did not intend for life to always be a struggle for us, uh, that God wants to equip you and help you, uh, that God has a greater fruitfulness in your life than maybe what you might be experiencing right now. I believe that God has a desire for a marriage for, your, for you that is healthy and strong and life-giving, that God has that vision for your family, right, and that God has that vision for our church as well. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has good things in store for you? I think that's such an essential uh, belief to have, right? It's so hard to hold on to that belief in a time when things can be so discouraging and so heavy and so dark, but God has good things in store for you, and I want to fill you with that hope and encouragement today. God has more for you. Oftentimes, though, uh, it can be very tempting to stop short of all that God has for us. We can, t- we can tend to go half in uh, when it comes to following after Jesus. You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys remember that the song, The Hokey Pokey? You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out. At some point in the song, you've got to get to, you put your whole self in or you put your whole self out. And God is calling us to go all and he's calling us to follow him. We're tempted to stop short of all that God has for us. I want to encourage you today not to do that. Uh, a couple times in my life that I was tempted to stop short of some things. Uh, back in my mid-30s, uh, I felt challenged um, <laughs> with the process of life that uh, I need to do something in order to, to stay in shape or to get in shape. So I started running. I never ran as like a hobby uh, or at any point in my life uh, until this point. It's kind of a chance for me to get away and kind of get out some of that restless physical angst, you know, and uh, just pound the pavement for a little while and run, kind of like Forrest, you know, just keep on going. And uh, it helped me to have some challenges and some goals. And so I felt challenged to uh, set out to run my first ever marathon. And so I looked up what marathons were around, and I said, oh, Detroit has a marathon. Uh, how awesome would that be? Uh, you actually start downtown Detroit. Uh, you run through some neighborhoods. You run across the Ambassador Bridge. Uh, you check, check your passport real quick, and then you keep on going. And then you come back the Windsor Tunnel. You run through some other parts of downtown. You run around Belle Isle and come back. It's exhausting, 26.2 miles. So I signed up for my very first marathon, and I had all these dreams and visions about what the finish line was going to feel like and be like, right? That's part of the motivation for all the workouts, is I can picture myself crossing the finish line. Uh, What's uh, what's that song that's playing in the background when that happens? Chariots of Fire playing in the background. And I'm going to cross the finish line, you know, in in record time, and it's going to be amazing. Everyone's cheering me on. Uh, Reality was nothing like the dream. (laughs) 
I got to mile 19, and my body said, we're done. <laughs> like, we're not going any further. So my body started kind of locking up. It's called hitting the wall, basically. And I wanted to quit, right? I, did, I wanted to stop short of the finish line, but I wasn't going to do that. So part of the last seven miles, basically, was a combination of walking and then running, and then walking and running. It was a grueling, long <laughs> finish to what I thought was going to be an amazing uh, finish line. Here's a picture at the finish line my wife snapped. And uh, you can see me barely in the gray there in the middle. And I'm, I'm kind of barely walking by, and she's taking a picture. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I want to be done with this. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, we can be tempted to stop short. My wife actually made me this uh, nice little light box that I have here in my office at the church of my, my running medal for the day. And it's a legit medal. Like, I paid lots of money for this medal. But, um, and my, my running bib, um, I joked that I, need that I needed that bib for more than, more than just uh, my number on that day. Like, I need an actual bib that day. But uh, it has the course, the course uh, map and everything. So really great memory. Uh, but I was tempted to stop short so many times. Um, I'll give you another example of a time when uh, I was thankful that I stopped short of something. So uh, for the last couple of years, I've been teaching a class and uh, for a few years, I taught this class at a local high school. And so I would go to the school. I would teach a group of juniors and seniors uh, about philosophy. And uh, so I did this dozens and dozens and dozens of times. So I showed up to school one day, and I'm walking down the hall. I go into the classroom. I get my classroom all set up. I'm like, well, I have a few minutes before class starts. Um, I need to use the restroom real quick, so I'm going to go use the restroom. I walk down the hall. I walk into the opening. You can go to the left, and it's the girls' bathroom. You can go to the right, and it's the boys' bathroom. So like I had done, you know, dozens of times before, I turned the corner to go to the right, to go to the boys' bathroom, and the door's actually locked. There's a sign on the door that said that they're doing some maintenance. And I, I can fully understand, because those high school boys are awful on high school bathrooms, right? So maintenance uh, on the bathrooms there. Um, anyway, so I, I was like, okay, that's not a problem. There's another set of bathrooms down the hall. It's a really big school. So I walk all the way down the hall, get to the other, uh, other opening in the hallway, and I turn the corner, and um, I go to the right like I always do to go into the boys' bathroom. I walk into the bathroom. I'm like, huh, something doesn't look quite right. <laughs> I was like, it smells nicer in here than it should smell in here. I'm not used to that. And I start looking around. I'm almost heading into the stall. And I notice, wait, there's a lot more stalls in here than in the other bathroom. And there's no white urinals on the wall. I'm like, oh, no. I'm in the girls' bathroom in a public high school, and I'm one of the teachers. Uh, I got out of that bathroom as quickly as I possibly could and looked around to see who saw me. Uh, thankfully, I don't think anybody saw me, and thank, thank the Lord, right? Nobody was actually in the bathroom. Uh, I was this close to going in and sitting down to use the bathroom. Can you imagine I probably wouldn't be standing here preaching if that had happened, right? Like, it would have been over for me. That was one moment when I was glad that I stopped short, right? But I think so many times in our lives, there's so much more God has for us, and it's going to take some more faith. It's going to take some more courage. And I want to encourage you with that today, that God has more for you than what you're experiencing right now. That God does want to be at work in your life. So today we're continuing a series that we started last week, it's called All In. We're asking the question, what would it look like if 100% of us would all in with our relationship with God? Like, what would that look like, and what can God do in your life, and what can God do in and through our church if we all commit ourselves to following after God, regardless of pressure around us? So uh, we've been looking at different biblical characters. Last week was the biblical character of Abraham and his faith. 
Today we're looking at, by far, my favorite biblical character other than Jesus. Does anybody want to take a guess at who it is? Yes, the biblical character of Joshua. (laughs) I am not narcissistic at all, right? So uh, open up in your Bibles to uh, the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua is an Old Testament military commander who led the people of God for a season, from a season of wandering to a season of fruitfulness. Have you ever felt like there was wandering years in your life? Like I'm just wandering, like there's, there's lack of purpose. And moms, I see moms shaking their head like, yes. <laughs> just feel like every day is like Groundhog's Day. But Joshua has the, uh, the privilege and honor and responsibility to lead the people of God from a period of wandering to a period of great fruitfulness. And uh, if there's one characteristic that could be used to describe Joshua, it would be the characteristic of courage. Joshua, we're going to talk today about the courage of Joshua. We need courage. Amen, church? We need courage. I heard a a funny uh, story once about a man who bragged that he cut off the tail of a man-eating lion with only his pocket knife. I think his name was Cam, Cam Walters. But uh, he he sliced off the tail of a lion with his pocket knife. Somebody asked him, they said, well, why didn't you, if you're so, so, so bold, so brave, why didn't you cut off his head instead? He's like, well, somebody else had already done that part. So, all right, pretty funny, right? Okay. So we're looking at the idea of courage. And I believe that we need courage uh, for the day that we live in. So we're going to look, first of all, at the first couple of verses and kind of set the scene uh, for where we're at in the story. So Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1, um, God's word says this. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, so the, the, the current leader of Israel, the people of God, was Moses at the time. He passes away. And then it says, The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So quick context, um, God raises up a people that will follow him and honor him with their lives. Through a series of of events, they become slaves in Egypt for 400 years, separated from the purpose God had for them. Moses leads them out of Egypt, but then they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness Now they're on the edge of the land that God had promised to them, and Joshua is now taking over as their commander and their leader. See, they cross the Jordan River in a miraculous event. God parts the waters. They step across on dry ground into this brand new season that God has for them, right? It's exciting. They get across, and they would have been tempted to go, yes, we crossed the finish line. We made it. But the truth is, that was just the beginning of all that God had for them, right? They, they entered the, this new season God had for them. There was so much more, though, out ahead. It was really just the beginning. I know for many of you, you're brand new and coming to faith in Christ, and we celebrate that with you. The truth is, though, that is just the beginning of your relationship with God. Um, many of you have been walking with God for a long time, and the truth is that God has, still has so much more for you. Um, So here's my main point uh, that's going to kind of frame all of this. My main premise is this, that there is so much more that God has for you 
and that God has for us. There is so much more. God wants to make himself known to you in so many new ways. Um, If you're new to us as a church, maybe you're just visiting today on Mother's Day, we're in a really exciting season. Um, This space right here, we don't normally, we we don't do worship services just to have fun, although they are pretty fun. Uh, we, have, we have three services, and part of the reason for that is because uh, we need the extra space. So this year, by God's grace, we're going to be adding on to our building. And we're really, though, our journey parallels the journey of, of the Israelites, that we wandered for about 10 years. We were a portable church, setting up and tearing down in, in, in schools and all kinds of stuff. About three years ago, we were able to get into this space, which is kind of like crossing the Jordan River. But that's just the beginning, isn't it? That God has so much more that he wants to do in and through you and in and through us as a church, that there's more that God wants to do in the community through us and in us. So we're going to be adding on this year, and it's an exciting season, but God has so much more for us to do. Um, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus stands up one day, and he preaches a sermon. He actually reads from Isaiah. I'm going to read you what he read on that day. He wrote, read this from Isaiah chapter 61. He said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus stood in front of a group of people, read from Isaiah, rolled up the scroll, and said, this is fulfilled today in your hearing. And then he dropped the microphone, basically. He's like, boom. What he's saying to them is that this part from Isaiah is telling about what the ministry of Jesus is. And I believe that Jesus is still doing those same things today, and there's more that he has for us to do. Does this make sense? That there are more marriages to be healed and fixed, that there are more families to be brought back together, that there's more that God wants to do through his people, that this is just the beginning. So what I want to do is kind of lay out for you four things that courage is going to require, that courage is is about Um, from Joshua chapter 1. So here's the first one is this. Um, If you're taking notes, you can write this down, but courage requires determination. You have to set your feet, and you have to stay committed to the course that God has for you. You can't give up. You can't stop short. Here's the next couple verses in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. I want you to pay attention to all the commands that God gives. First one is be strong and very courageous. Next one is be careful do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's my favorite verse uh, in the entire Bible. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Um, In 2012, um, a movement took off um, that was developed or founded by a guy by the name of Jason Russell, and he developed or created a movie called Coney 2012. It has nothing to do with Coney Island. I know you're hungry, but Coney 2012. Any of you remember this movie, this kind of social media uh, movement that took place? A few of you do. The, guy's, the founder's name was Jason Russell, and he wanted to shed light on an injustice that was taking place, um, being led by a man named Joseph Coney. Joseph Coney was a brutal military leader 
who in order to grow his army would, would uh, kill and would rape and would take child, children as either sex slaves or as child soldiers. So J- Jason Russell wanted to make Joseph Coney famous so that world leaders would put pressure and that they would do something about the injustices. At one point, up to 30,000 children had been abducted and conscripted into his army and into his, his regime. So Joseph, I'm sorry, Jason Russell wanted to bring, shed light on this, so he created a movie and a movement, basically, and within a matter of days, millions of people got on board with this and shared and liked and watched his videos. It became a worldwide movement. Millions of followers were jumping on board. At one point, Bono said his movie was so good that it deserved an Oscar. Ryan Seacrest from American Idol wanted to have Jason Russell on American Idol. Oprah Winfrey wanted to partner with Jason and his ministry and his organization to fill stadiums around the world. But do you remember what happened or do you know what happened after Coney 2012? Nothing. Millions of dollars were spent. All of this movement that took place and nothing happened. Joseph Coney is still in power and nothing happened. Except that there were a group of Christians who were on the ground working with children who were, um, who were coming out of this environment to disciple them, to train them, to encourage them. They were there before the story broke, and guess what? They were there after the story died down. Now, we love, as Christians, or as Americans, we love to jump on the bandwagon, don't we, of the hype right? All this momentum, people were talking about it all over the place. It was all over the news. Then the next day, nobody was talking about it, and nothing got done except for those faithful Christians on the ground who were committed day in and day out to keep doing the work of Jesus, right? To keep loving people in Jesus' name. There's a really strong pull in our culture to what I would call hashtag activism, right? You share a post, and we think we're doing something, but I think God is calling us to determination to stay faithful in fulfilling the mission of Christ day in and day out. He wants us to stay involved and stay engaged. So courage requires determination to stay with it and to keep going. Number two, courage requires preparation. Look at verses 10 and 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving for your own. We have to prepare. That's exactly what we're doing as a church. Uh, We're talking about the future. We're preparing for the future. We're wanting to get ready. Oftentimes, courage requires preparation. And oftentimes, courage requires sacrifice as a part of that preparation. So mothers, moms, I want to give you credit. Hats off. Moms know about preparation, don't they? My wife can think of a million things that I didn't even know we had, right, that have to go on a trip. Uh, Our minivan, we can pack a lot of stuff in there, all right, just so you know. Um, We can take all of Walmart, basically, in the back of our minivan. And moms also recognize what sacrifice is. Moms know what sacrifice is. Somebody say amen to that, right? They know what sacrifice is, don't you, moms? You know what sacrifice is. Uh, I heard a great definition of sacrifice. The sacrifice is giving up something you love or value for something or someone you love or value even more. 
That's a great definition of sacrifice, isn't it? I think that there are probably some things in your life that if you're going to go where God wants you to go, you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice some things that you might love in order to give yourself to things that you love or value even more. I think for some of us, we have some things that are holding us back from all God has for us. Moms understand sacrifice. They sacrifice their bodies, like literally their bodies, right, to give birth, to have children. They sacrifice their time. You guys can say amen, moms, to any of these that you want to. They sacrifice their careers oftentimes. They sacrifice their focus, focus and attention. We've even read that may, they may even sacrifice some of their brain cells. We're not really sure. And in the birthing process, sometimes uh, those get lost or damaged. My wife, uh, uh, we have three beautiful kids, and uh, we have three daughters, in fact. So especially when our kids were young, we'd go out to eat someplace. There's like a two-year window where you don't go out to eat with young kids, right? It's like not worth it. <laughs> but once they get back to the, uh, you can go out to eat with them uh, stage, uh, we have three daughters, so anytime we'd go out to eat someplace and one of them's like, Mom, I've got to go to the bathroom, uh, who gets to go with them, right? Oh, sorry, yeah, I can't, right? It's, uh, and it's, it's 2021, maybe I can now, but that's a different, different story. Uh, and guess when they always say that they have to go to the bathroom? What timing is it in the, in the midst of the meal? When do they say, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom? When is it? We exactly right when the food comes. Mom, I've got to go. It's like you're playing hide and seek, all of a sudden you've got to go to the bathroom, where you find the perfect hiding spot, Okay. Like, I got to go to the bathroom. And so my wife has eaten more cold meals than I can even count, right? Moms know what it means to sacrifice. And in order to experience all that God has for us, it's going to mean giving up some things that you might love and enjoy for something that you love and value even more. Moms, dads, in order for you to give yourself to your kids and your family and what God has, you might have to let go of some things that you love and that you enjoy, but for, it's, not a, it's not a sacrifice, really, is it? Because you recognize, I love and value this or these people more than what I'm letting go of. It's called sacrifice. It's called preparation. God is calling us to get ready. So what do you need to give up in order to go all in with what God has for you? Number three, then, courage requires, we're going to call it cooperation. We have to be willing to work with those around us. Courage requires willingness to work with other people, not just try to go on our own. So Joshua chapter 1, again, verses 12 through 15, here's what it continues to say. But to the Reubenites, which was a clan, a group of, a family group, and to the Gadites, again, in the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you, the, give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives and your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but what does it say? But all of your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of the fellow, your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land your God is giving to them. And after that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So what's taking place here is that the Jordan River runs through the land, right? And they're crossing over, many of them, to the west. But God said to some of the families, you can stay here on the east. That's the land that I've given to you. But you can't just stay there and look out for yourself. I want the fighting men to go over with everyone else so that they can get set and established as well. We've got to work together. So as a family, in your marriage, you have to work together. God will only bless it if you do it together. Courage requires cooperating together. And as a church, same thing. God has more for us. We have to work together. We have some big goals and dreams as a church, but we have to do this together. 
if it's going to work. I love this story of people working together. I love it when people can come together and do amazing things um, in God's name. So um, a couple years ago, there was a farmer by the name of Herman, Herman Ostry, and he found that his barn was three feet underwater. It was flood season, and his barn was, was flooded about three feet deep um, in the area where his barn was. So the challenge was to try to move the barn to a higher spot. Um, you guys can see the challenge, right? The, the barn weighed 17,000 pounds. Just the superstructure weighed 17,000 pounds. But their son developed this kind of a plan where they developed a lattice system of, of rigging of steel bars and support, and they, did, they put handles all the way around the barn. They called all their friends, everybody that they knew, to come over to help. They had a barn raising of a different kind, right? Normally a barn raising is where you build a barn. They're literally going to raise a barn. So they all got around this barn, they all grabbed a handle, and they gave one practice lift, and they were able to get this barn up off the ground. So after that first practice lift, they all took one more try, they all lifted the barn and slowly moved the barn uphill uh, 50 yards to its new location. The whole journey took less than three minutes because they were working together to make this happen. Isn't that awesome? It's pretty cool. I love that story. We're headed into something as a church that needs all of us. Your family needs everyone engaged if you're going to see God do what only God can do. So, so courage requires cooperation. The number four, last one is this, that courage requires consecration. Consecration. Consecration is a Bible word which means to be set apart. That courage requires you being willing to set yourself apart for the purposes of God. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. What I love is that when we will set ourselves apart for God's purposes, say, God, my life is not my own, it's yours, then we can see God do amazing things. Does that make sense? I want my life to be um, typified by seeing God do what only he can do. I don't want my life to be measured by, okay, Joshua's able to do this in his own strength. There's a difference. There's a difference. Um, in the early days of our church, um, we relied on God so much. And uh, one particular uh, thing that happened is kind of one of those fun stories in the history of our church. Uh, we didn't have a name for our church. And so we did something really, really crazy. I look back and laugh, like as we all do, like on those like, years, like what were we thinking, you know, kind of things. But we had this crazy idea, and it was called NameThatChurch.com. We had this idea, what if we had the, the community help us name our church? And one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to get a billboard on Hall Road for 40 days, a biblical 40 days, uh, to promote this. This is a picture of our team in the early days, and this billboard. This billboard on Hall Road, I, I would drive by, Hall, on the, by this billboard on Hall Road, and I would see it. It's almost like, uh, like, like the clouds parted and the sun shined down right on this billboard, I was like, this is the one that it has to be. It's actually at, at Hall and, and Romeo Plank. Even before Walmart was there, uh, by Henderson Glass was this, the biggest billboard on the Hall Road. I was like, we've got to be on that one right there. So I call up Lamar, who's the advertising agency for that billboard. I'm like, hey, you know, we would like to get this billboard. They're like, uh, and who are you again? Uh, they're like, no, we've got other clients that have that board reserved. You know, um, call me back when you get a real job, basically, was what, what it was. Um, so I was like, okay, well, what else, what else can we do? He's like, well, we have a board for, further down toward I-94 on Hall Road. He's like, 
we're willing to give you that one. It's a smaller board. It's a little bit less expensive. Uh, we can give you that one. I was like, it's not exactly where we want to be, but we'll go for it. Signed a contract on that billboard. Um, just just uh, a, a day or so later, uh, the Lamar agent called me back. He's like, I'm in really big trouble right now. He's like, I just gave you a board, and one of our biggest clients wants that board. It was when Walmart was opening up at Hall and I-94. You guys remember those, those days back then? And, and Walmart was just getting ready to have their grand opening, and they wanted the board that we had a contract for. So the agent was like, what, what can I do? Like, we need to give this board to Walmart. I'm in hot water right now. And I felt a Holy Spirit boldness in that moment. I'm not normally this kind of negotiator. My wife is. But I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do, sir. Uh, <laughs> I was like, if you will give us that bigger board that we want for the days we want it at the price of the smaller board, I was like, I'm not sure why I'm saying this, but at the price of the smaller board, I was like, okay, we'll do it. And he's like, well, let me, let me take a minute. I'll call you back. He called me back. He's like, all right, you've got a deal. You've got that bigger board. Isn't that awesome? That's something that only God could do, right? I found out later on that the people who originally had the hold on the board we wanted was Panera Bread, the Panera Bread across from Hall Road. So I was like, God moved Panera Bread out of the way. And he's like, here, you can take this one. You know, and I just, so that's what I'm saying, that we want to see things in our lives that only God can do, amen? That we don't want to keep living in our own strength, and you don't want to do that either. God didn't mean for you to keep living in your own strength, but it's going to require that we set ourselves apart for God's use. Say, God, my life is yours. My marriage is yours. My family is yours. Do what you want to. That's going to take courage to set ourselves apart. So as I said, I started uh, in this running journey. And um, I have a little bit of an obsessive uh, personality. If I commit to something, I go all in. Um, and so I learned about, after I ran a couple marathons, I learned about these things called ultra marathons. Anybody ever heard of these? Doesn't sound fun, does it? <laughs> so I found that there's people that will run longer than the marathon distance. Why? I have no idea, right? But anything longer than the traditional marathon distance is called an ultra marathon. I was like, that sounds really interesting. I wonder if I could do that. So I signed up for one. I, you guys have heard of a 5K, which is 3.1 miles. I signed up for a 50K. So you move the decimal over, uh, it's 31 miles. And so I was like, you know what, why not? Let me sign up for it. They were having one in Pickney, Michigan, uh, which is right next to, ironically, Hell, Michigan. Uh, that seems very appropriate, right? Uh, there's run through trails, and there's a lot of other people going. So I sign up. I show up the day of the event. And we take off early in the morning, about 5 o'clock. We're all wearing headlamps because it's still dark out. We're in the first little bit in the dark. And it's a two-mile loop, six, uh, sorry, 16-mile loop. We run it twice. And so uh, I go through. I see Ray, Ray Lynn at the halfway point, kind of get regrouped, and then I go back out for the second 16-mile loop. Around mile 24, um, I was running by myself down a gravel road. Uh, there's some separation between us and other runners. And uh, I started to get a little bit bored. <laughs> so I, I reached in my backpack to grab... Uh, my, my phone and some headphones so I could listen to some music. I needed some extra encouragement to finish out the next little bit. And as I was running and as I was grabbing stuff on my backpack, I missed the turn that was supposed to go up into the trail uh, for the next section. And I just kept running. I put my headphones in. I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I'm running. I'm running a little bit further, and I get to a dead end. And like, oh, this doesn't look right. <laughs> and I still don't know exactly if I'm in the right place, but I turn around. I start running back. Uh, I ran a half mile out of my way, and then a half mile back. I was so discouraged, right? I was, I was ready to be done a long time ago. <laughs> so I get back on track. I actually get linked up with another guy, and we were running and kind of encouraging each other. 
but I got out the next little bit, and I've got a quick video of my finish. Go ahead and watch this real quick. Good job, babe! You can do it! All right, I made it, I made it, I made it. <laughs> I want to tell you, in that video, I felt like I was running 100 miles an hour, but my body was like barely moving. <laughs> and uh, I actually broke down in tears at the end of that. It's like a sense of accomplishment. It's like, I'm done, thank goodness I'm done. That was a grueling six-hour uh, exertion uh, for me. I'm not sure who was like, more excited to see me finish, myself or Ray Lynn, right, in the background. Uh, she was thrilled. Um, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, gives us this encouragement. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. See, Jesus, uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It says, we need to consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I don't want to see us stop short of all that God has for us, church. God has so much more he wants for you and he wants for us to do. Amen? On your way out today, you're going to get a couple of things. Uh, last week, we passed out these two little pieces of paper we're in a season as a church where we believe God has more for us to do. And if you're visiting with us today, we're glad you're here. Uh, we'd love to invite you to be a part of this and part of what God's doing. Some information about um, what's called a first look meeting tomorrow night on Zoom. If you haven't jumped on it yet, I'll be sharing more details about uh, phase two of our building and what that means for us as a church. We're so excited. We actually got word this past week that they will begin moving things on May 24th. Did I tell you guys that, that yet in this service? All right, it's kind of like, like Groundhog's Day. Love. May 24th, we can start moving things. So excited for that. And uh, we, I want to invite you to join us next Sunday evening at 6.30 for what's called a vision night. And we're going to be having some dessert together, a chance to, to mark this moment in the history of our church. Don't miss that. You can RSVP by turning this in or by going on the Church Center app. Then also, last thing you're going to get on the way out is a vision booklet that explains a little bit more about um, how we can work together as a church um, to do all that God has called us to do. So you'll get this on the way out. Make this a matter of prayer and look that over this week. All right, we guys stand with me as we pray? Father, I pray uh, for your people. I pray for everyone gathered here watching online uh, that you'd fill us with courage. God, for whatever we're facing... Uh, fill us with faith, fill us with courage. Help us to go all in with you and to help us to walk forward with courage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.